Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of the uh, Wolfpack uh, podcast, MC Squared version. There's going to be a lot about basketball here coming up. I hope you like the new layout, by the way. Um a nice segue. If you're not following us on YouTube, please follow us. We're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers. I think we're at 1.7 plus, so just a couple hundred away from getting 2,000. And if, if you follow us, it helps us out, I'm just saying. And um, also be sure to leave a comment or something like that. Maybe you can comment on the new look, the new layout, new design. Thanks to the people that on three uh, for putting this uh, look together, pretty sharp look. Um, Trey Yannity, in particular, shout out for helping us out. Um, also, be sure to check out our special running right now. It's silly season in college football. Just hired an offensive coordinator, Robert and I. If you're a member of our website, the very first war room I dropped after Tim Beck left, mentioned Robert and I as somebody that I knew in Sioux State was very uh, highly respected. Um, for 10 bucks, you can get this uh, subscription that'll last you through the starting next football season. So that'll cover all of recruiting. As Matt Coe will tell you, silly season in basketball is just as crazy when that comes around in April. Um, and so we'll have a lot of great content then, too. A lot of inside information, shining days, just a few days away. So be sure to uh, take advantage of that deal. Please rate, review. Whatever you're supposed to do with podcasts, wherever you listen to them, we're available, wherever you might listen. And last, but certainly not least, please check out our friends at rogueshop.com. They have all of your uh, natural-based cannabis needs if you need it. It can help you with anxiety, um, chronic pain, sleep deprivation, any of those things. It's a husband and wife team, small small business. Uh, husband is a former veteran, disabled veteran who, um, became a, a big believer of these products for helping him out to deal with some of his issues. And I was trying to help others. Um, I know some people on our website have already taken advantage of their deals and their offerings. They're very popular, very well received. Um, they are on our message board. So if you want to ask any questions, be sure to check them out. Um, rogue shop dot com r-o-g-u-e-s-h-o-p dot com they have a chat feature down there where they will talk to you if you have any questions or you can drop a question on our message board so got all of that out of the way under three minutes i hit my target so let's kind of jump right into it got a lot of ba- basketball to talk about with matt Coe, who's been at every entry state home game with me in fact i think i'm the one that hasn't been at every home game he's been at every home game <laughs> and I've been at all but one. Um, we're both at Reynolds Coliseum, Matt. Your first experience at Reynolds Coliseum. Before we get into the team coverage, your first experience of Reynolds. Tell me about it. What did you think? 
Oh my gosh, man. Where do I even start? That was, uh, that was probably the most fun I've ever had watching an NC state game. And I've been to so many in my lifetime. Um, that, that was by far the best experience. The atmosphere of the crowd on top of walking the halls, seeing the history of NC state was really, really amazing. Um, you know, it, it, it felt like I was walking to a time capsule almost. I mean, I, I'm too young. I didn't get to witness the the greatness of Jimmy V and, and the 1983 team, but it, it, you really submerge yourself in there when you, when you step foot in there. Uh, that is a beautiful, beautiful arena. And, you know, like my myself and, and fellow NC State fans, I pray to the basketball gods that we eventually make our way back to Reynolds. I, I'm not going to bet my life on it, but – that that's that's the best atmosphere I've ever been around. That was amazing. Yeah, it really is something. You know, you <clears throat> could have seen it when it wasn't renovated. It was it was a very unique configuration, obviously. With the, you know, some people had neck problems. You know, trying to watch the game in the corner there. Yeah, um, but yeah. <laughs> um, the job that that was really done by Debbie Al to renovate Reynolds Coliseum to make. I mean, it really is a first-class facility. Yeah. You can see why Westmore has no problems recruiting now for women's basketball. Well, I mean, exactly. I mean, even down to, like, the the fine detail, like the, the smaller Jumbotron up top. I love that. I love how on the side it says Wolfpack, NC State Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the glass uh, wall right there. You you walk in and you're, you're, you're touching the court. It's just yeah. I wouldn't change a single thing about that place. On top of it all, they're wearing the best units of any sport ever of all time. Those were so beautiful. We need to start a petition or something to make sure that we wear those at every home game. Those were perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, during the game, there wasn't something that was perfect, and that was uh, Dusan Mohorsik. It happened right in front of yeah. me. You were on the other end of the court. Um, I put it on our premium message board when it happened because I knew what had happened. Uh, we didn't say publicly, but it was pretty clear that he dislocated his knee, kneecap, patella, whatever. I guess dislocated patella is the official terminology. Um, that was confirmed on Thursday. Yeah, I originally read online that, you know, six to eight weeks. That was kind of actually what I was told. In fact, I think I called Matt up after the game and said I had been told six to eight weeks would be kind of best case. Um, but I've also been led to believe it were, if it required surgery, that would likely potentially mean the end of his season. It is going to require surgery. The official terminology is out indefinitely. Bottom line is we know that Mohorsa could out for a while, if not the rest of the year. Hate that for him because he really seemed to be buying into this team. He was one of the most visibly enthusiastic players, I guess you could say, um, especially on the bench. Um, yeah, you got the feeling that this is a guy who really wanted to be playing in an NCAA tournament. He really wanted to be playing on a winning team. Uh, was willing to do what it takes. So tough. You go on and on. We'll talk about the impact uh, to the team, but just your thoughts for Dusan Mahorsik. I thought he was playing pretty well. To be blunt with you, 
I thought he was the better of the two. So far, he was the better, more consistently performing of the two bigs that kind of rotate in between him and, and DJ Bones. I don't know how you feel about that, but um, just your thoughts about Dujan himself before the impact to the team. Yeah, I think Dusan was the perfect center position, perfect player, perfect guy in the locker room to have with this build of this team. I mean, he fit this team to a T. Him and DJ Birds together with that yin and yang. Both both do one thing exceptionally well, and they kind of work off of each other. But losing losing Dusan is big, man. I, I did not think that he would come in and have the impact that he would. He is clearly a fan favorite. Um, when he did get injured, I mean, I could I could feel the energy in, in the crowd. Kind of the, the air got sucked out of the room, um, and that's when Coppin State, you know, kind of made a little bit of run there. Um, so it just goes to to show like how much he means to this team. He means a lot. Um, so I'm not going to downplay it. It is a big loss, but luckily this year, apart from other years, we have depth at the center position, and we have guys that we can kind of move in and out. Uh, as years before, we didn't. Uh, I believe this is now the fourth year in a row that we've lost our starting center uh, to an injury. Um, I don't know what we did to, to piss somebody off, but <laughs> it's tough, man. It's so tough. It, it, this team was looking so good. The offense was clicking. Um, I, I just – I hate it for, for Keats. I hate it for the team. I hate it for the fans because uh, this guy was – he was, he was the like I can't put it any other way. He was the perfect guy for what we needed. He gelled so well with what Turquavion and Jarkel bring together. Uh, losing him is is pretty big. Um, I think he was one of the. I'm pulling up the stats right now. He was leading the team at 64.3 percent shooting percentage. Yeah. That's if he made more than one shot. Now, technically, Jordan Snell leads the team because he's one for one. From the right. but among right. those who made more than one shot, he was leading yeah. the team, averaging eight point seven points and six point six rebounds. That's yeah. pretty good, pretty good production. Um, and just toughness. I felt like he brought a lot of t- not just physical toughness, but mental toughness. That I'm not backing down from anybody. Yeah, yeah. Mentality. And and he's not super finesse. I know that we talked on the phone after the game. He's not super finesse with his play style, but that's why it just worked. It just he could get down low and get dirty when he had to. Um, that sixty four percent is actually top five in the ACC. Right. So to put it in in uh, perspective, uh, he was pretty damn good while he was here. Hopefully, he can come back um, stronger and better. Uh, there is a window of opportunity for him to make it back on the court. Um, but it's going to be an uphill battle for sure for him. But I, I just hope he comes back um, stronger and better. He was he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, well, that's the bummer of the news. Um, then the next day, you'll find out that Isaiah Miranda, who is a – Borderline five-star on the on-three consensus. For those that don't know what the on-three consensus is, it's the only industry ranking that gives equal weight to all four of the services. I know there's a um, there's another one that, that has kind of a composite ranking, but they actually weight the rankings. They give more weight to their own rankings versus other services. The only one that just basically says 
Here the four Lincolns, we're dividing them up equally. This is the average that comes out. It'd be on three consensus. And I believe he was number 27 in the mm -hmm. 2023 yeah. class. Usually top 25 is like five-star. So basically you're talking about a borderline five-star. Um, legitimate seven-footer from what I'm told. Can shoot three-pointers. Um, you mentioned you don't know what the gods did, uh, what, what NC State basketball had done to, to piss off the, the gods because this is you know, last year, Manny Bates, you had Devin Daniels. You, you just seem to have a string of tough, tough injuries. But um, this almost seems like a godsend, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it seems like that one of that rare instances where, okay, that, that makes it feel a little bit better. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely the perfect timing uh, to, to grab Miranda. Now, he's a little bit over seven foot. I've seen seven foot, seven one. Um, so he's at least seven foot. Uh, really long, really athletic. It's got a nice little shot to him. I think that it is exciting to have this help come, especially immediately. Now, we'll find out when he's eligible to play. I know that you had mentioned it was going to be after um, the exams. Um I've seen possibility of early January, so that's kind of still up in the air. But it's nice to have that immediate help when we desperately need it. Now, I need people to also temper expectations. This is a kid that is stepping into his first play is most likely going to be ACC play. Uh, that's going to be tough. And, and there is a possibility for him to start his career off against Duke. So he's got to hit the ground running. It's not going to be easy for him. Not to say he can't do it, but if fans are expecting him day one to start and come in and be what Dusan was, I would maybe take a step back. Um, not saying he can't be. He's definitely talented. Uh, it's just going to probably take him a little bit more time to, to really get that groove going. Um, but NC State needs it. You know, DJ Burns coming off the bench was so good for what this team needed. He's a great six man. We don't have that luxury anymore. Um, so that's going to be something that Keats is going to have to figure out. But if Miranda can come in here, if he can rebound well, if he can make shots, I don't see why he couldn't start because, like I said, I really love the idea of DJ Burns being off the bench. Yeah. I think to your point, I actually wrote a column um, uh, for premium subscribers, what can NC State expect from Isaiah Miranda? And I kind of went to the uh, 2022 class. You know, we mentioned Miranda with the number 27 player in 2023. In 2022, the number 27 player was also a big man. He's six foot eleven. Uganda Kinsley Ancinio. I pray I got that right. From Kentucky. <laughs> um, he's averaging 4.6 points and 4.3 rebounds per game for Kentucky this year. If you go a little bit higher, there was uh, number 23 with a six foot ten Johan Traore. When, um, from France, or it may be related to the Troy that was supposed to come at NC State, who will now be delayed. Uh, he can shoot three pointers. He's made a couple. He shot 13 for Auburn, but only had made two. So he might be a better comparison to Miranda. And he's averaging 4.4 points and 2.9 rebounds per game. Mm -hmm. So it kind of gives you what you just kind of exactly said. Those two guys have had all fall, probably some summer to get ready for the season, to play with their teammates. Miranda joining a bunch of guys who went to the Bahamas together in August, yeah. played a couple of games, have been practicing together, and have now played 
a, a secret scrimmage with Davidson, played an exhibition game and 10 regular season basketball games, including an ACC game. So, yeah. Yeah. If, if those two guys are averaging between four and five points a game, and, you know, between them, probably about three and a half rebounds per game, then it kind of gives you what maybe you could realistically expect from an Isaiah Miranda coming in mid season. I think right. you really hit on an important note there of, you know, costing what you should expect. Let me ask this question because it's probably one of my main concerns. You tell me if I'm overreacting. Mm-hmm. I got a bunch of older guys like Jarkel Joyner, Casey Morsell, DJ Burns, Jack Clark. You got a Tequavion Smith probably in his last year at NC State. I think these guys are really hell-bent on being in an NCAA tournament. I think it's very important for them to win and get to a tournament. It's no secret why Isaiah Miranda moved up his timeline and decided to enroll in in mid-season. He's eligible for that 2023 NBA draft. He's trying to work for the 2023 NBA draft. should Should I be concerned... In your opinion, that the chemistry, it might be maybe a little bit worried about the chemistry fitting together. These guys have, you know, different motivations or different objective, whatever you want to say. Well, I, I, no, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, regardless of how this turns out, for the time being, you're throwing a wrench in the plans. Dusan getting hurt is throwing a wrench in the plans. You're you're losing that on the court. You're throwing in a guy that, like you said, hasn't been with the team. Does he gel with the team? Are we at that state now with a team, like you said, that's a little bit older? Do we really want to rely on a freshman to give you heavy, heavy minutes? Now, if you're going to, give it to a five-star, right? That's a, that's <laughs> right, a good right. problem to have, yeah. <laughs> right? But um, A seven-foot five-star, like, too. Exactly. At a, at a position that we desperately need right now. So, yes, I think it's okay for you to be concerned. And I think there is some concerns because, like you said, like there's a guy walking in and he's probably going to play. How is that going to shake up in the locker room? What's the overall message? You know, if, if these guys really want to win and he gives you that chance to win, then he's got to play. Whether that means that he's starting over a guy that's been there from, from day one or he's getting more minutes than a guy that's been playing solid up to this point for NC State. I mean, if he gives us a chance to win, he's got to play. Um, and that goes for everybody. So I, I don't think that that you're wrong in thinking that it's going to mess with the gel of the team. My initial reaction to when Dusan went down is you're a guard-heavy team, play to your strengths. You're, you're a coach that likes to play a lot of guards. Play your guards, right? You've got, in my opinion, if not number one, the number two backcourt in the ACC, um, and we can we can get into that later. But that just means you got to rely on them heavier. You got to lean on them a little bit heavier, and that's a good problem to have. If you're going to lean on anybody, lean on Charkel Joiner and Turquavion uh, Smith. Um, he doesn't necessarily have to be a focal point on, on the team, uh, but it's definitely going to maybe ruffle some feathers if he walks in day one, and it's going to be a challenge for Keats to kind of piece that puzzle together. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from day one to to kind of make the team gel because that's what I've gotten from this team is that they're having fun, 
they're really they really like playing together and they're gelling. Um, how can he fit in is going to be the question. And for all we know, we neither one of us have ever met Isaiah. Mor- I haven't met. I'm, I'm assuming Matt Coe has never met Isaiah Miranda. Yeah, he could be, for all we know, the most competitive guy ever who only cares about winning. So this is totally speculation on our part. So, But we do know that he is also motivated by entering the NBA draft in 2023, which is kind of where a lot of this is, uh, has been fueled to move up his enrollment in college. And who knows? Maybe he comes in for a few months and realizes I got work to do, and I kind of like this college basketball thing. I, I, and then all of a sudden, now you got a huge piece for next year, by the way, yep. on your roster. So there is that element as well. Um, let's talk about how you mentioned we'll get talking about uh, Miami here shortly because that's a huge ACC game coming. It's really a huge – from here on out, it's all huge. To be honest. Yep. Coppin State was kind of the end of the – of the um, softer portion of the schedule. I actually think Coppin State, by the way. Don't be surprised if they win the MIAC. For the- they put up a good fight. Yep. They Sessoms got the is a court. nice point guard. Yeah, Sessoms and the other kid who I'm forgetting that the shooting guard. Um, and one thing that, that a lot of fans don't know is, like, I was on that side of the floor next to the bench. They look like – they needed an ambulance next to their bench. They had a guy in a boot. They had another player starter get hurt in the game. Uh, One guy was wearing a cast on his hand who was playing. So, I mean, they're dealing with injuries. You think we're dealing with injuries. Those guys are dealing with injuries. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you for, for telling people don't sleep on compensate. Yeah. They got that, that point guard should be at, I mean, he was a double digit score at it. At Penn State, so I'm surprised yeah. that when he went into the portal, he ends up unless there was some kind of connection to Juan Dixon or Coppin State that, that I don't know about. Right. You would have thought that he would have been a guy that would have ended up at another Power Five super senior point guard at a Power Five school. So that's a really nice guy. He's averaging like 25, 24 a game. Yeah, at the MIAC level, that's huge. That's humongous. It's massive. Guard like that. So, uh, but. From here on out, there's no more soft games on the schedule. So we're, we're talking about that shortly. How do you see in the immediate future the rotation playing out now without Deuce Mahorsic? I'll, I'll give my thoughts. I think DJ Burns will slide into the starting five. And I think Ernest Ross will be first guy off the bench in terms mm-hmm. of the post. And wouldn't shock me if Dewana gets three or four minutes I don't think Burns can go more than 20 to 25 minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially once you get into the ACC where you got more athletic guys. Um, you know, he had foul trouble in that Pittsburgh game, if I recall correctly. Um, I think both of them had foul trouble in that Pittsburgh game, if I'm recalling correctly. So, um, it may depend on the matchup. Sometimes Ernest might be a little bit too skinny. I don't think that'll be the case against Miami. But um, how do you see it playing out going forward? Yeah, I I, I, I tweeted this out that I think there's three players, and I kind of want to mix up this list a little bit from my original tweet. There's three players that I think that are going to have have to have an immediate impact. The easy choice is DJ Burns, right, because he's going to definitely slide into the starting five position. 
You don't necessarily have a six-man anymore. I, I do agree that Ernest Ross is probably going to have to be that six-man. And he gave you a solid game. You know, he, he can definitely uh, – He I can't say that he he's going to go out there and get buckets or anything, but he can he can put the ball into the basket if he needs to. He runs the floor well. Uh, my second guy would be LJ Thomas, I think. Not necessarily needs to start or anything, but I, I think I like his play so far through three games. He's six for six, he's shooting the ball well. He's scoring well. Um, I really like what he brings. Um, but I think with those two guys, and then you got to look at Greg Gant, if he can somehow get healthy, that would be a huge, huge beneficiary for this team. You know, he played in that one game, uh, hit a three, uh, I believe, in the next one, and, you know, we thought we had him back, and then he's, he's out for the Coppin State game. So you can't rely on him too much. Now, if you want to look at it at a different perspective, let's say the team wanted to go small. I was at uh, Reynolds like an hour or two before the team was even warming up. I got there pretty early. And I was watching Dusan and Jack Clark shoot some threes together, you know, just um, putting some shots up. And Jack Clark is all of 6'8". He is a big, big kid. If Keats is in a bind and he wants to go with a smaller lineup, you could throw Jack Clark at the five. You could have a heavy guard lineup if you needed to and then make that work. I wouldn't advise it to start out, but like I said, if he's in foul trouble and, and he's – because we've seen it over the years where guys at the center position get in foul trouble. Typically, if guys have two fouls, they're going to probably sit out the rest of the first half. If that were the case, you know, we got to hit the panic button. I think Jack Clark could slide into the five. He could help separate the floor. Um, I say that, but he's not really shooting the three ball well this season, um, which – NC State's desperate, desperately going to need him to do now that uh, Dusan's gone. Yeah, and um, I could actually, I, I, I could definitely, yeah, I, you know, this kind of way back when we, when I'm sure we talked about this. But I had one concern about the way this roster was constructed, with the lack of height at the wing. And I would have loved mm-hmm. to have gotten one more wing with some height, and this is a good example of where that could have been useful, where. You talked about if you put Clark at the five, which I totally get, but then who do you put at the four, right? You could be left with a situation where you really basically have four point guards slash shooting guards and a wing forward. That's really, really (laughs) – and you don't have that six-foot-six, you know, small forward masquerading as a – that's where I think – and we talked about this, I think, where that really gone out and getting that six-five, six-six wing – couldn't mm-hmm. they tried? It wasn't from a lack of effort. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. Was a young guy who was the kid at Campbell, I believe, right? They end up going to Arizona. Henderson, maybe. Was that his name? Cedric Henderson or something. Um, like I believe honestly, it's been there's so many players in the portal now. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at football. There's over a thousand, and the thing just opened up last week. So yeah, Cedric Henderson, who's six six, two hundred pounds, visited NC State. When Dequayvon Smith announced he's coming back, he decided he was going to go to Arizona. He's averaging 9.1 points, 3.4 rebounds per game at Arizona. That would have been the perfect guy. They tried hard. Yeah. They, they got him in for an official visit. So it wasn't from a lack of effort. To, you, just, right. you can't snap your fingers and make something happen and recruit him. Sometimes I think fans don't understand that. But um, that would be my one concern about going small. That, like, if you went small, 
it's really going to be small because uh, you, yeah, you really, yeah. you know, you, you're left out with. And that's only a desperation. That's yeah. But absolutely. again, yeah. we saw that we saw that last year in, in terms of desperation. Now, the only reason I say that is because, like I said, if, if it's a desperation play, but Jack Clark is also a really, really good rebounder, so he can he can hang in that aspect. Um, but obviously, Dusan is you know second best on the team. Mm-hmm. Who's going to step into that role now? Kind of is what I'm I'm looking at because DJ Burns isn't a great rebounder. He's not a great defender. He's there to score which is why he works so well as a six-man. Yeah. Um, Ernest Ross, he's not a huge rebounder. So I, I, I see this team who's been a really good rebounding team up to this point. They're probably going to take a dip. Yeah, that's what's going to be hurting. And uh, we'll see what obviously the X factor is. We just don't know what Isaiah Miranda can kind of add to that equation. It's one of the things that was crazy before we get to what's going forward. You know what NC State would get him from the big man position between Burns and Mahorsik per game? Um, I want to say it was roughly about 16 points. I want to say maybe 12 rebounds, 11 rebounds. 19.1 points and 10.4 rebounds per game between Mahorsik and Burns. I mean, that's like basically having an all-ACC, first-team all-ACC big man. Yeah. Splitting up between two guys. So you don't want to undersell that loss because I don't know if they can – they're not going to be able to get all that production back. I mean, Burns may produce a little bit more. Yeah. It can be hard to get match that production level. Well, double. and that's another thing is that if Burns is going to be effective, he has to have the ball in his hands. But if the ball is in his hands, the ball is now out of the hands of Terquavion and Jarkel, the two guys that you want taking the shots and the guys that you need to kind of carry this team. Um, that's going to be the hard part. How do you kind of factor that that in together? Because, like I said, like DJ Burns is a good scorer. You have to get him the ball. Um uh, but at the same time, like, how do you not give Jarkel and, and Terquavy on the ball? Catch-22 situation. Especially, too, in the situation where we talk about Miami here. Last two games, Jack Clark has struggled to shoot. That's an understatement. Um, mm-hmm. I think He is fair. shooting on the season. The last two games, he's 0 for 11 on three. On the season, he's 11 for 47 from three, which is 23%. And he is 35 for 87 um, which is 40% inside the arc. I've written about it a couple of times. I really would like to see him start using that length and that wingspan and just go inside because the shot's just not falling for him right now. Yeah. And it's weird. He has a pretty shot. He has a soft shot. Um, but right now, it's one other thing, too, the last couple of games, they just haven't been particularly close either. Um, but truthfully, if you go back to Coppin State, wasn't for Tequavion Smith and for Jack Kell Joyner. That game was a struggle for a lot of guys on that yeah. court. Um, now, as a team, they shot right at 50%, I believe, 40 to 50%, but it wasn't necessarily efficient all the way through. You had guys shooting, you know, like two for four or one for three, but other guys like Jack Clark and Casey just weren't making shots. Yeah, you had Smith and Joyner combined to go 23 of 38, which is an exceptional percentage. The rest of the yeah. team was 13 for 31. Uh, yeah. Clark was one for seven. He had a dunk 
Mahorsik before he went down with only one for three. Marcel with three for nine. Um, Burns with three for five off the bench. Ross made all three of his shots. So the bench guys made this up. But in the starting five, three out of five guys were really struggling with their shots. Um, now they're getting ready to play for a team that it may not be Kansas, but I think they're clearly the second best team NC State has faced this year. And here's the thing it's the first time yeah. they've been in a true road game. Yeah. Yeah, as well. You mentioned best backcourts in the ACC. Miami makes the case for it. Um, yeah. Interestingly, this is probably a game where if you were not to have a be down a big, Miami's not a tall team. They only play right. one guy. The starting lineup is six seven or shorter across the board. Um, they do have a wide body six seven guy who's a double double machine, but yeah. Um, and then off the bench, they do play a 6'9 kid, but only about nine minutes, Anthony Walker. Um, it's a team that relies a lot though, on really six guys. They play eight, but they really rely on six, six guys. But that one through six they have, it's pretty darn good. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And they've got four guys in uh, double-digit scoring. Obviously, Isaiah Wong's back. He just had a, had a career-high 36 points against Cornell. Um, when you talk about that uh, backcourt, it's uh, Nigel Pack, transfer, and Isaiah Wong, who we all know from years past is one of the best scorers in the ACC and all of the country. That that duo versus Turquavion and Jarkel is going to be so much fun to watch, especially if their shots are falling. Uh, uh I'm just saying I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I can't say I'm too confident right now because, as we said, uh, that six seven center that they got from Arkansas State, uh, North Chad Amir, he's also averaging a double-double, basically a double-double. He's 14 points per game and 9.9 rebounds, which leads a team. He was a double-double machine at Arkansas State, and he's doing it now uh, here at Miami. So it's at least going to be a fun backcourt matchup. Uh, not much defense is going to be played. Uh, that's that's safe to say. Neither team is great on the defensive end, but scoring the ball, uh, yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of back and forth. Your neck is going to be definitely hurting, but grab your popcorn because it's going to be a fun one. I think, too, you mentioned that both teams kind of rely on the same thing on defense, which is creating turnovers. These are two teams that are yep. one, two in the ACC in turnovers. There is no perfect college basketball defense. Sometimes people are – you got to give up something that – Go for right, yeah, and uh, that these are two teams that are willing to give up field goal percentage, for instance, in favor of creating chaos and turnovers and deflections and making you work to get a shot off. Um, that's what these two teams are. They both uh, uh, force over fifteen turnovers a game, but you can probably if you control the basketball, you can probably get yourself a good shot against the other team. Probably my yeah. number one worry about uh, Saturday. Miami is a very efficient shooting basketball team. I think they're third in the ACC in field goal percentage. Yeah. Um, you know, Kevin Keith has been willing to give up field goal percentage in favor of turnovers. So, with their backcourt, you know, I think you're going to need Joyner and Smith and probably Clark and Morsell, one of them, hitting all their shots in this game. Yeah. You can't have guys yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Kind of have guys flumping a la Pittsburgh. 
Which, by the way, we haven't talked about that. But yeah, we got to we got to talk about this Pittsburgh thing. <laughs> I know a lot of bad reaction to that loss. Hey, I think Pittsburgh's better than people think. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, they're better than I think they did. They had a couple of bad losses early, but Hugley was hurt. Didn't play in a couple of their bad losses, and they were a bunch of transfers, and they went bad. They lost to good teams. They just lost in lopsided fashion to good teams. Yeah. Um, and you got to remember, there were there were a few transfers that came in, and they were just getting to know each other. You know, they they lost to Vanderbilt at the end of the game on two free throws with one point one seconds to go in their last game. They blew out Northwestern on the road. Um, obviously beat NC State on the road. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year that's a quad two loss. Yeah, yeah. no, the backcourt's really good for, for Pitt. This is probably one of the more talented teams that Capel's had. Uh, Hughley, um, he's one, in my opinion, one of the uh, top three centers in the ACC. I really like his production. Uh, the the backcourt for Pitt really showed out, especially uh, Burton, but Again, that that loss, yes, it is a bad loss because it's a game you probably should win. But like, let's like take a step back. That is the flukiest of fluky <laughs> games of yeah. all time. It goes back to the twenty-four point game. When is Darkel Joyner ever going to have a one point and B shoot over twelve while Jack Clark shoots? I, I believe he shot over eight. That's just not going to happen. That, that that is the 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 most fluky thing they they make three more shots and we win the game yes. i mean we shoot what was it they combined for I, I believe it was like over 20 or over 21 they go three for 21 we win the game like <laughs> and 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 what's that's crazy not a good shooting that performance is, that's still a bad exactly shooting. yeah so. exactly and, and what's crazy is the day before that you know we're we're talking about how we just kept it close with kansas you know, you, you talk to any NC State fan going to that game, especially myself. I said if we keep it within double digits, within like 10 points or 15 points, I'm happy. We kept it to four. We could have won, mm-hmm. right? The day before the pit game, all of a sudden it's the offense is clicking. We look really good. This looks like a tournament team. The day after the pit game, I'm seeing tweets of this team is worse than last year's team. So it's, just, <laughs> it's impossible to, to please some of these NC State fans. But please, fans, like – and Keats had a great point that I think should not be um, slept on. There are 19 more games. There are 19 more opportunities to make up that loss. You would rather have that loss first game of ACC. Yes, it sucks, right? Like, you, you want to start off great. It didn't. All right, but you got 19 more chances to make up that game. You win at Miami because the, the next couple of games at Miami and then you play home against Furman. You win one or even two of those games, that makes up for the pit loss. Yeah. That's going to be a really good win. So – Let's calm down on the on the pit talk, everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think there was a uh, pit with you know we all probably put them in the bottom there. If you had the tier of the ACCs, you probably mm-hmm. a lot of people were putting them in that bottom third with Georgia Tech and Boston College and Louisville. I, I want to say I had them at either tenth or eleventh. Yeah. I want to say, but of that group, if there was a team that I would have said they're they're better than you think they are. Pitt would have been my number one team I would have put on that, especially after I watched them walk the dogs on Northwestern. That's not a bad Northwestern team that they, they just completely obliterated yeah. in the Big Ten Challenge. And they're, they're playing their best basketball at the time. They were on a five-game winning streak. Um, I believe two of those were on the road against P5 teams. Um, yeah. 
they were playing good basketball. Like it's it, it happens. Right now, if we lose to like let's say Louisville, right, <laughs> then then I I, I wave the white flag. <laughs> but to, to your point too, let's not get over we have to be over doing the ACC, right? Because they're getting ready to play one of the best mm-hmm. teams in the ACC on the road. So yeah, like not Miami is I think twenty eight. Just went to the Elite Eight, so. Had a halftime lead, by the way, on Kansas yeah. in that Elite Eight game. They were close to making it three ACC teams in the Final Four last year. Um, one twenty-six I, game. I, I, I'm they a got, believer in Miami. I had them going to the Final Four last year. I'm, I'm a big believer in Isaiah Wong. And that was my best backcourt going into the season. Maybe mm-hmm. not right now at this point. So, I, I'm not too optimistic about this upcoming Miami game just because it is the first one on the road. But again, to your point, don't panic. Don't overreact. Yeah, no, no, no. don't panic. Don't panic. Yeah, yeah there are plenty. I mean, we say how the ACC shapes up this year. There are going to be plenty of opportunities to get back to 500 or above 500 yeah. in the ACC. Yeah. But it is a big week ahead. I think you. Yeah. If you're thinking NCAA tournament, you'll want to win two out of these three games between Miami on the road, Furman at home. It's not killer if you don't. Don't get me wrong. And then Vanderbilt right. on neutral court. Far it's just from so it. early. Yeah, it's early. You know, it, it's just so early. And and another highlight I want – a matchup I want to highlight is Jordan Miller versus Jack Clark. Um, Jordan Miller averaging 14.6 points per game. He's second on the team. He's really stepped into that Cameron McGusty role of that second go-to scorer next to Isaiah Wong. Um, that's going to be a good matchup. And like you said, like either Casey or Jack have to kind of show up. If both don't, it's going to get a little dicey. Um but I, I will say for, for anybody that's into bracketology, I'm not really super into it until about mid to late January. Andy Katz, the legendary Andy Katz, has us as in for now. Yeah. So just saying. Yeah, I think the key, that bottle <laughs> win may end up being a big one because they're right on the cusp of already being a quad one. So Yeah. You know, they, Dayton is the one that you really with him. I mean, the way they performed against – Virginia Tech, you're starting to wonder if there's some uh, some Dude. issues going on with and, that. And, and here I am sitting here telling people we don't want to play them. And now, <laughs> <laughs> but you were right. We didn't want to play them because they don't look good on our resume anymore. We, yeah, you know, there we go. Thanks. That, that, <laughs> we right. on it. Yeah, you were right. Yeah. All right. So we got a big weekend. Uh, Miami, two o'clock. You can get it on RSN unless you're. Uh, streaming one of the streamers out there, then I don't know what you do at that point. But I guess they're not on like those streaming services. So I'm still old fast. You know what's better than streaming it? You know what's better than streaming it? It's on RSN. Just, yeah. just go to the game. Just, just. Oh wait, no, it's in Miami. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> I mean, that, that's a dedicated <laughs> fan, right? I'm there. sitting here thinking. I'm sitting here thinking of the Furman game. Yeah, go to that game, everybody. That's gonna be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, I'm old fast, and I got a satellite on top of my roof, so I can watch. Oh, there it. you go. Yeah, too many doesn't rain. I'll be able to watch it. Um, <laughs> so that'll do it for this podcast. Uh, reminder to please rate, review, subscribe, like, watch everything you're supposed <clears throat> to do with the podcast. Um, also, be sure to follow us on Facebook at the Wolfpacker, uh, Twitter at the Wolfpacker. Matt Coe, you want to give a shout out to your Twitter account? At underscore Matt Co. Follow mm-hmm. me. I'll be talking NC State and fantasy football. 
<laughs> Playoffs are starting, man. I'm stressed out. <laughs> um, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan, so I have completely checked out on the NFL. Season. Oh, you guys are still in this. What are you talking about? I completely have checked out on the NFL. You, 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 got, you guys are still in this. You, I, heard, the I didn't even know. Bacon, you guys being first. I didn't even know Baker Mayfield was still in the NFL. After he got caught hey, by the Panther, hey, I made him win a game. How about yeah. how about that drive last night, huh? That was a good one. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> where's I, that I been up. all season? <laughs> yeah, I woke up. Oh, the Raiders must stink. But that's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> never mind. Uh, please check out our subscribers, RogueShop.com. They, uh, they're, they're big supporters of the Wolf Packers, so we really want to support them. Again, they're all the natural cannabis products, um, completely legal. It helps you with some uh, sleep deprivation or chronic pain or anxiety just kind of a natural way to tweet if you want to try it just give it a try that can't hurt and uh um and and hit them up ask any questions they're happy to help you out and, and find what may work best for you so for matt carter i'm no wait for matt co i'm matt carter <laughs> this has been mc squared till next time thanks for listening Go back.